the KUAM Podcast Network is back and on demand, featuring a great variety of podcasts from our island and region, including culture, lifestyle, awareness, crime, politics, commentary, comedy, and entertainment. Available on most streaming platforms. The KUAM Podcast Network. Subscribe and listen now. Following up on one of the most popular episodes of this podcast, we are going to once again talk up the Jones Act. It has been getting press all over the country as of late. Why? Some tidbits we need to pay attention to on this episode of That's It, That's All. You are listening to That's It, That's All with Sean DeMatato. You pressed play, which means you are in the right place. Welcome to That's It, That's All. Sean Gumatautel here, the host of the podcast. Get LLC brings you the episodes of That's It, That's All. Get LLC is a Guam-based consulting and specialty construction materials and supplies firm serving public and private sector organizations in Micronesia. Business plans, contract management, Iridium satellite telephones, construction materials for every part of the building envelope, they can deliver. For more about Get LLC, check them out on the World Wide Web at get-guam.com. A warm hello to those listeners in Menagaha in Minnesota. Also, greetings to those of you listening in Lenexa, Kansas, the home of the Kansas City Automotive Museum. Not going to forget the listeners across the island of Guam in the village of Tamuning. Half a day to you all. We appreciate you having That's It, That's All on your journey from one end of Paradise Guam to the other. Download the podcast for your next gym workout, road trip, and that time on your laptop and desktop computers. A big thank you to our friends at redcircle.com in placing the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Amazon Music. Remember that you can also listen to That's It, That's All on the iHeartRadio app and on Pandora. The podcast is also a part of the KYM Podcast Network, the home of original programming from the number one multimedia source in Micronesia and the Western Pacific. Click like, subscribe, or follow this particular podcast right now. Back on April 15th, 2021, and at the urging of my son EJ, the podcast entitled The Jones Act, Time to Repeal, discussed the important issue of the Jones Act, and spent some time looking at the history of the Merchant Marine Act of 1920, impacts to the repeal for Guam and the other American jurisdictions outside of the contiguous 48 states, and I even noted via my research and discussions that bottom line that the Jones Act is burdensome. I have not changed in my belief. Since that episode of the podcast, there have been numerous news articles and opinion pieces that have noted benefits on both sides of the issue. For the common listener, this issue may be a snoozer. Many may have seen the title and moved on. Many others who listened did provide me some great insight, and one day I may try to get some of them on the podcast to explain a bit further. At the center of the issue does remain a level of nationalism to our modern American maritime industry. This notion of modern is debatable, considering that Guam and the other U.S. territories, and to some extent, 
Alaska, and Hawaii still struggle with its unique effects some 72 years since each joined the Union, respectively. Some commentators noted the, quote, shipping security that the Jones Act provides. There is a catch to such an argument. Shipping from the West Coast of America to Asia may have a benefit, but what about the West Coast to Alaska, Hawaii, American Samoa, the CNMI, and Guam, and the East Coast to Puerto Rico and the U.S. Virgin Islands? Volume, we know, is certainly a bit different, inbound and outbound. Staffing and trucking and railroad capacity is always front and center of the terminals up and down the Pacific-facing ports. Why worry about foreign vessels in and out of our Pacific areas? The Danes home port at the Port of Los Angeles. No worries about that relationship. Delays impact nationwide shipping. Delays hurt Alaska and the islands and then some. Labor contracts in these critical ports are up for renegotiation in July 2022. Foreign vessels support our ways of life just like any other part of America. The notion of protecting the intent of the Jones Act is probably more protecting the financial interests of the shipping lines and not much else. Ironically, U.S. President Joe Biden on May 20, 2022, celebrated National Maritime Day 2022 at the White House. And in his proclamation, he wrote, quote, Today, our merchant marine remains inextricably linked to our national and economic security and competitiveness. Merchant Mariner's legacy of perseverance and dedication is carried on by today's civilian mariners. Close quote. It is not a great argument to describe the 102-year-old Jones Act as that mechanism to protect jobs, national security, and U.S. shipbuilding, which helps grow the American economy and other benefits. Where else can we find a century-year-old law that meets the modern 2022 lives that we as Americans are living today? Please send me a note in the comments or across any one of my social media accounts to let me know. But the Jones Act is much like the Navigation Acts that were pushed by the English Parliament in 1651 by Oliver Cromwell and company. Regulation of international trade with a nationalistic slant. Have we become such a wealthy nation that America's non-contiguous states and territories can't partake in this prosperity? Last I checked, when I go to my village mom and pop store, the next larger grocer in the heart of Guam, or to one of our shipping malls, there is plenty of evidence that the Jones Act is still in play with higher prices at the checkout counter and other interests that are making plenty of profits under the guise of supporting the national interest. Even England saw that protectionism could not last if they wanted to be a player in international trade. Alaska, Hawaii, Guam, and the other territories can be a valuable conduit and voice on this important issue. This podcast is sponsored by Get LLC, a consulting and specialty construction materials and supplies firm. Since 2012, they have provided valuable services to their customers across Micronesia and North America. Check them out on the World Wide Web at get-guam.com. They have a presence on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, too. 
Get LLC. Find out today how they can best serve your business's specific needs. On May 10, 2022, Hawaii Public Radio reported that Hawaii Representative Ed Kaye said in an interview with HPR that it's time for the Biden administration to support an exemption for Hawaii when it comes to the federal 1920 Jones Act. Congressman Kaye said, quote, that would be great if we had U.S. built, U.S. flagged ships, but we don't. We have about 98 ships in our ocean going Jones Act now. And as a result, we have a virtual monopoly on the sea lanes between the continent and Hawaii, which accounts for 90 plus percent of everything we use here lumber, food, milk, going on down the list, fertilizer, etc. Close quote. Congressman Case does not think the federal government should support a monopoly via the Jones Act. The 75-year-old Workboat magazine featured an editorial on May 10, 2022, by Captain Alan Bernstein of the Cincinnati-based BB Riverboats, who noted that the Jones Act is still relevant and important to the U.S. maritime industry and its workers. Captain Bernstein opined, why would we want to open the gates to foreign countries to undercut everything we have worked for? He wrote, America needs to manufacture and produce everything we need here in the U.S. Bernstein said, quote, the Jones Act has a place and a purpose and needs to remain intact. Close quote. Alden Abbott, and Andrew Mercado penned an opinion piece in the Hill newspaper on May 18, 2022, that placed the blame on the high price of gasoline experienced all across America and here in Guam on the Biden administration's new regulatory disincentives to oil production and failure of the White House to waive the Jones Act. Abbott and Mercado wrote, quote, The current high prices will pass but the underlying pressures on the economy will probably remain. And the likelihood of an economic shock sending prices skyrocketing again is high. At the very least, waiving Jones Act requirements for oil and gas products will bring more competition to shipping markets, lowering prices for consumers, better yet, doing away with a bad policy in its entirety will unlock and make permanent cost-reducing supply chain efficiencies, just as President Biden has said that he wants. Close quote. These three pieces are just a sliver of the many articles, books, and studies that call out the current powers that be in the nation's capital to do something to help our economy today. The U.S. economy is in the midst of high inflation, supply chain issues, worker shortages, and high interest rates. Heck, even a May 22, 2022 article in the Wall Street Journal noted that in a survey that they did with Vistage Worldwide Inc., that 57% of small business owners expect economic conditions in the U.S. to worsen in the next year. When will policymakers finally understand the issues that face our people, especially those of Alaska, Hawaii, and the U.S. territories. The world has changed greatly since 1920. If the ongoing global pandemic isn't enough to make folks there understand, I'm not sure what else could push policymakers to substantive change. The Merchant Marine Act, 
1920 remains stuck in the past, an artifact of the economic and military concerns of a different period in American history. There is strong evidence that America's maritime industry has weakened and contracted. Yes, plenty of pundits would argue the contrary. Big business and big money today. Yes, when they are lobbying the crap out of our elected leaders. Times surely have changed since 1920. Research and data continue to show us the weak rationales for the Jones Act. We need a Jones Act for the 21st century. That is, if we want it to continue. By restricting competition to only U.S. companies that must use U.S. built ships that cost four to five times as much on the international market, the Jones Act will only do more to endanger America's national security, lead to the further decline of America's shipyards and maritime labor force, and keep on raising the cost for businesses and consumers nationwide to include those of Alaska, Hawaii, and the U.S. territories. This podcast is sponsored by Get LLC, a consulting and specialty construction materials and supplies firm. Since 2012, they have provided valuable services to their customers across Micronesia and North America. Check them out on the World Wide Web at get-guam.com. They have a presence on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, too. Get LLC. Find out today how they can best serve your business's specific needs. I noted back on April 15, 2021, that I was in agreement of an analysis done by the Cato Institute on this matter. One of the authors, Colin Grabo, reached out to me and shared a few things that I wanted to share with all of you relative to Guam and the Jones Act. First, during the 1990s, the government of Guam commissioned the Guam Trade Study, examining the cost of the Jones Act to the territory. In its 426-page filing to the U.S. Department of Transportation, Office of the Secretary, Maritime Administration, in 1996, the congressionally mandated study found that, among other things, the Jones Act cost to be 40 to $50 million per year or so, adjusting for inflation, that's 67 to $84 million, or around $500 per Guamanian on the higher end. GovGuam wrote to DOT, quote, Guam's appeal to the Department of Transportation for redress is not only based on overriding equities and the fundamental bedrock tenets of regulation as applied to a non-competitive trade, but also on the basis of larger U.S. economic, political, and public interests. Close quote. A partial exemption may have been carved out of the 1996 action, an effective regulatory approach, so to speak but not much of a real impact in the bigger picture. Far from the fairness Guam asked of DOT at that time, protecting two of the legacy carriers into Micronesia. 45 years before the DOT action, a year after entering the American family, the 82nd Congress commissioned a report of the Commission on the Application of Federal Laws to Guam. On July 31, 1951, Democratic Congressman J. Hardin Peterson of Florida wrote to then Speaker of the House Sam Rayburn of those laws that are applicable and not applicable to Guam 
following the August 1, 1950 signing of the Organic Act of Guam. The report noted exceptions to six chapters of the Navigation and Navigable Waters Statutes related to the protection and improvement of the seaworthy waters of the United States. Peterson wrote, quote, Because all laws of the United States for the protection and improvement of the navigable waters of the United States were specifically extended to the Virgin Islands, there may be doubt as to their application to Guam. Although the commission concluded that these statutes are now applicable, it recommended that the Congress expressly declare that the laws of the United States for the protection and improvement of navigable waters apply to Guam. Close quote. 61 years later, in 2012, an op-ed by then-president of the Hawaii Shippers Council, Michael Hansen, in the Hawaii Free Press, Hansen wrote on the effort of then-Guam Governor Eddie Calvo and his Council of Economic Advisors that had been directed to pursue a Jones Act exemption to return competition to the domestic Guam trade. In November 2011, by the largest domestic ocean common carrier, Horizon Lines, it ended its westbound container service to Guam, leaving only one carrier, Matson Navigation Company, on the trade lane. Hansen noted that, quote, had Horizon been allowed to carry cargo between the contiguous U.S. and Hawaii with the five U.S. flag container ships it operated to Guam, that service would still be operating today and providing competition not only to Guam, but also Hawaii. Close quote. The council proposed an exemption of all the non-contiguous domestic trades, Alaska, Guam, Hawaii, and Puerto Rico, from the U.S. build requirement of the Jones Act for large self-propelled ships that would materially assist Guam to revive competition in their respective domestic trade lane. There was a suggestion in my previous podcast on this topic, and the congressional delegations of Alaska and Hawaii are opposed to the Jones Act. Well, I was in error, but not totally. The voting delegations of the two states in Congress are strong supporters, minus Hawaii Representative Ed Case, and to some extent, Guam Congressman Mike Sinicholas. Puerto Rico's non-voting member of Congress, Jennifer Gonzalez, supports the Jones Act. The implication here, the power of special interest, perhaps. There are burdens abound, but the shipping companies and subsidiaries profit from the Jones Act and don't think for one second that they have made it a priority to ensure that the over-a-century-old law remains in play. There is an Alaska law that directs the governor of Alaska to lobby Congress for the repeal of the Jones Act in its entirety. The people there voted on it back in 1984. A 2020 Business Outlook and Sentiment Survey in the state of Hawaii showed that among those aware of the Jones Act, 85% favored repeal or reform. Relatedly, some of the strongest support for scrapping or reforming the law has come from politicians representing landlocked states, where the maritime lobby has less influence, like lawmakers in Arizona and Utah. It is becoming obvious that with each passing day, that by restricting competition to only U.S. companies that must use U.S.-built ships, the Jones Act has actually endangered America's national security. 
led to the decline of America's shipyards and maritime labor force and raised costs for businesses and consumers nationwide. Open competition is the solution to reinvent a modern maritime industry. The Jones Act has been costly to America, the people of Alaska, Hawaii, and the U.S. territories especially. We cannot stand for this archaic and failed law to remain on the books. A repeal is needed right now. That's it. That's all. If you enjoyed this podcast, download, press subscribe, or follow us right now. More great content is on the way. Talk to you soon. The That's It, That's All podcast is produced by Sean Gamatata. Executive producer is Trisha Gamatata. Hit the subscribe or follow button and leave a review. Thanks for listening. The KUAM Podcast Network is back and on demand. Featuring a great variety of podcasts from our island and region, including culture, lifestyle, awareness, crime, politics, commentary, comedy, and entertainment. Available on most streaming platforms. The KUAM Podcast Network. Subscribe and listen now.